Someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 Life and death, and they fully understand both. For example, you you had how many birthdays? Me? What do you think? Well, I know that you had one birthday. Yeah. When you was were born yeah. on a certain day. Absolutely. You had no more birthdays after that. So I don't celebrate birthdays, so that stops me from counting days, which stops me from counting time, which allows me to still look the same as I did 10 years ago, <laughs> just like that lady did. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to Best of the Best Podcast. with myself, Connor Keys, alongside me, opposite me, two meters away, as always, Mr. Ronan Mullen. Ronan Emmett Mullen. Same voice as print. Yes, we are here with Sign of the Times uh, by the uh, one and only Prince. Um, sign of uh, the Times. Sign of uh. the Times. We can't, very, very, we can't. Uh, he, he was strange with words and with numbers, and Big I would the, die for you. Yeah. Big into numerology, big into tax spec before there was tax, tax spec. spec. <laughs> Is that even a thing now? Can we call it tax spec? Tax spec. Uh, yeah, so sign of the times, um, 1987 for the, the, the Prince. Um, I believe it's his ninth studio album, which is quite fucking a, unbelievable. <laughs> quite prolific uh, output, in fairness. Considering he started in 78, that's pretty that's, fucking yeah, good. Like. Nine albums in uh, nine years. So mm -hmm. an album a year like, is quite a, an output. And some of those were. Double, this double was a, this was a double album. Yeah, so, so uh, and he wanted it to be a triple. He wanted it to be <laughs> he a triple. Had to reduce it down to to a double. Uh, so, um, listening, and if you're not a Prince fan, I mean, this is a, a very good starting point for anybody listening to Prince. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know Prince. Mm -hmm. um, he has a couple of major, obviously, big hits. Purple Rain being the Purple Pain, as we like to call it in our house, because my dad used to play it on repeat. Along with oh oh yeah that's right Purple Rain was one of the yeah Purple Pain Frank's classics along with uh, Celine Dion and that uh, Meatloaf but uh, so Purple which Pain doesn't work at all work at all so uh, but then you also have I mean the sort of the the renaissance of of Prince in the nineties mm. the early nineties of Diamonds and Pearls and most beautiful girl in the world so there's it there's there were big mainstream hits yeah um, but the eighties were kind of more of a thing um, yeah. obviously the movie Purple Rain and then you have the the big singles Raspberry Red Raspberry Day Beret, but then, like, it, like there was a point in 1986, the year before this, where Kiss was Prince was number one with Kiss, mm -hmm. the song Kiss, and the Bangles were number one with Manic Monday, which he wrote. Yeah. So number one and number two switched <laughs> over three or four weeks, and they were just his songs, most Prince songs, uh, and then of course our own link to the Prince, mm. um, uh, the the Irish link with Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, nothing appears to you, so. Songwriting ability is well established. Um, well established, even by, by this stage. Yeah, you know, nine years. There's, in. there's sort of a, there's a, a weird. You ever hear of like the Simpsons golden period? People always talk about the Simpsons. Yeah. Between like season four and season twelve, uh -huh. it's unfuckwithable. Like every yeah, inch of every it is good, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, They've had their, their, their mojo was in full yes. swing at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And after then, there was episodes where it dipped off, and people you can clearly see that that from here to here, gold yeah. from yeah. Prince's period. This is 1987, so they say that he was most prolific between 78 and 88. Right. But the gold period is 82 to 87. Right. So in that period, not only did he release 1989, the album, Purple Rain, the album, Around the World in a Day, Parade, and then Sign of the Times, he also wrote 
most of the songs for The Time, Sheila E, Vanity Six, Apollonia, wrote songs for Miles Davis, <laughs> and then all we've just mentioned, Manic Mondays, you know, The Bangles, Sinead yeah. O'Connor, Shaka Khan with Feel For You, all those type of things. So this is all in five years. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's an awful and lot of he, work. And he wrote and starred in a film that he that's co-directed right. <laughs> and won an Oscar. <laughs> that's right. So, so I, I mean, the guy's uh, talent is is, is uh, oozing out of him, as, along with the charm, the charisma, and the pure style and the funkness. Well, the, the, the f- people say that this is his White Album. The White Album is where the Beatles went... Fuck it, we're just gonna do what we want. Yeah. And they went, What are you gonna do? What can you possibly do that is out L S D and all this stuff you've done before? Yeah. We're gonna do a double album, we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want, and they were like, Oh. <laughs> and they did. And they did. And yeah. there's pretty much every type of music you can imagine on the white album. And that's what Prince did here. He did. He he combined an awful lot of styles mm. and even in some instances a wee bit of fusion where he put sort of combined two together that normally didn't yeah. you know there's a couple of weird sort of there, things. But the the list the official list is uh rock electro psychedelic pop funk and soul and you would add, I would add in R and B yeah that's right R&B I would add in elect I would add in fucking <laughs> there's there's even there's a weird story I wrote about uh, in between making well here here's what happened in the lead up to this album this is unbelievable <laughs> so he's made the the, the album Parade uh-huh. and that's a soundtrack to his film that he wrote directed and starred in called Under the Cherry Moon. <laughs> Which is a black and white film about him. You might get the vibe that Prince might have a bit of an ego. <laughs> it's a black and white film about him being a gigolo in France. Right. And it is flaps. <laughs> absolute flaps. But the soundtrack's lethal. Right. So in between that film and making this album, he wrote a, an album called Dream Factory, mm-hmm. which he shelved. Right. He then wrote an entire solo record. Uh, called Camille, which is most of the songs, some of the songs yes, on this album. That's like Camille that, yeah. is a, an alter ego who is Prince, but singing in a female voice. So he's <laughs> singing from the perspective of a right. female. Of course he is. And they shelved it. Of course he is. And then he decided to write a triple album called Crystal Ball. <laughs> so <the> rec- <laughs> Now, because Parade and the Round the World didn't sell as much as Purple Rain, the yeah. recording studio, for the first time, stepped into the, the play and went, Prince, <laughs> no way you're doing a triple album <laughs> <laughs> after, like, not getting as many sales on two previous records and he went what about a double album they were like <sighs> okay right. but he was still raging I know he had to go and do the fucking do less but you could just imagine the luck he would give somebody they got to come and tell him he can't do he can't what he do, wants to do no he can't do <laughs> what, like, he, what he wants to do but and, in between we could, that we'll probably get to that obviously with the time when it comes to the, the rebellious state of uh, of Prince and his record labels and stuff like that yes but, of course but in between that as well he recorded an aggressive rock album called The Black Album Right, and after an E trip went really bad, he decided that he'd be unleashing evil with such dark sound music on the world, and because of the E tablet taking such a dark turn on his emotions, he shelved it. Right. So there's like, in less than a year, there's like four albums that he decided not to bother making, but on Sign of the Times, he took certain songs from all of them. Yeah, and, and built them. it into this. Yeah, well, that that sort of gives us the sort of the the background to why it's picked as one of the best because yeah. the, it's it's like a compilation album in mm-hmm. that sense. It's, it is. It absolutely is. Um, so we'll, well, we'll play we'll play the, the sort of the opening track, the, mm-hmm. the title track. So sign of the times. The the one thing that will strike you even today, um, twenty three years later. 33 years later? Jesus, I'm old. Uh, Fuck, 33 years. Uh, One thing that strikes you is the sort of 
the social commentary that hits you right away. Mm-hmm. The very first verse yeah. of Sign of the Times. Um, you've, you're you're into you're into automatically knowing this isn't going to be normal. Yeah, <laughs> just from the lyrics. I mean, uh, quite heavy right away. Yeah, and it's know. got a fucking cracking fucking chorus as well. Yeah. You don't. It just keeps going and going and going, and, uh, and it's very sparse. Yeah, but to come across, you know, talking in the first verse, you're talking about a girlfriend coming across a needle, seventeen year old boys in a gang called Disciples, high on crack, talking machine guns. You're yeah, like, is this a sign of the times? Gang warfare, <laughs> AIDS epidemics. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I mean, at 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 the social commentary and what's what's made them. There's always been the argument of Prince versus Michael Jackson. There has. <laughs> and I don't know what the argument is. It except really that has. they're two like eccentric black guys. That's about as much as 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 in similar with them because mm-hmm. Jackson was a great singer and but not an instrumentalist. No. Not in any way, shape no. or form. Whereas Prince can fucking play everything. Can play everything. Play everything really well. Really well. Um, uh, shockingly well, <laughs> like because guitar playing is fucking unbelievable. There's, but, it, there's, there's, but he never goes down as being um, seen as a great guitar player. No, which is fucking criminal. But in all itself. guitar players know it. Oh, all yeah, guitar players yeah. talk about it all the time. You've seen fucking Prince play the guitar. I think it was only recently, in the last four to five years, a video came around social media of him at like a guest concert. Of, I know what you're talking about. You know, whoever, it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, and there was a couple of really big guitarists on the stage, and he. The George Harrison and Prince were getting indi- inducted on the same day. Right. And they asked Prince, Tom Petty, Steve right. Winwood, Steve, and yeah. Jeff Lynne. Jeff Lynne, that's what it was. They're right. all on the stage and they're going to play When My Guitar Gently Weeps yeah. for George Harrison, who passed away and isn't with us anymore. And he's asking Prince, do you want to get up? And Prince went, mm, I might. So <laughs> they do rehearsal the day before. Prince shows up and goes, I don't like my bit. Tell you what, we'll work it out in the night. <laughs> on live TV <laughs> so Prince lands and all the boys are well my guitar gently weeps Prince and then he goes fucking and wrecks the whole place and everybody's just jaws are on the floor and at the end of it he throws his guitar off his neck into the crowd and the, you don't see the guitar hit the ground you don't see the guitar pass him like, what the fuck did he throw it into the moon he threw it to the heavens what actually happened was the guitar tech was in the front row deliberately and he caught it <laughs> no, but what he for. did was he unplugged it and handed it to Oprah Winfrey right. who then when Prince died handed the guitar back to Prince's museum oh I didn't know that <laughs> there you go big right. hopes oh big hopes lovely oops a dizzy um, so I mean yeah so he doesn't get the credit that he should get because I mean he's very fucking talented but Talent beyond talent in the sense that he can take any of those genres of music and make it brilliant. Yeah. 
So like there wasn't like when he was doing like even when he's doing love ballads, mm-hmm. they're amazing love ballads. If they're he's doing a funk tune, it's the most funkiest tune. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got everything in there. Uh, we'll not get into the Batman soundtrack because that maybe. Well, the Batman about. soundtrack sort of has a link here, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, remind me to talk to you about Kim Basinger. Okay, well, yeah, we'll always talk about Kim. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you've got this album, then, as I say, you've got uh, 1987, so he's, he's kind of, you're, you're in the middle of the 80s, obviously, and you're in the middle of synthesizers and uh, drum machines and loops. This is heavy this. This on is drum machines. really big on it. Uh, there's, there's a name of a drum machine that he's very... The Lin M- LM1. The Lin LM1, yeah, and a sampler of some sort. There's some, um, the, Far, the Fairlight CMI. Yeah, yeah, yeah digital sampler so again at that time this must have sounded alien to the yeah. people listening to it because it was such because he did incorporate such in technology but yeah and that's a good point to make because the lm1 is the first drum machine with real acoustic drums right. sampled um this was a suggestion made by the guy remember toto or steve mm-hmm. picaro from toto he's a very famous sound like session musician and drummer he people suggested that that would decrease the work of a drummer right but what it actually did was it increased the work of a drummer in a studio because they were the only ones who knew how to, how to like actually yeah, to do engineer yeah, the fucking okay. thing. So the, the the thing was used on tracks obviously by Prince and Herbie Hancock and Michael Jackson and the Human League, Peter Gabriel, Kraftwerk, ABBA. But even now, Justin Timberlake, Lady Gaga, and the Chemical Brothers use it on songs. Right. So it's not like something that disappeared never, with the like, advent of uh, yeah, like people just like the sound of it. Yeah, it's they know like the, you could get that on your phone now, like but. It's like the hip hop guys with the 808s and stuff. It's yep. like it's just the same. There's that's a sound the beat they know. It. Yeah, that's what they've grew up on. That's what they want. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you've got. I mean, he he's an eccentric even when it comes to the studio. I mean, um, his recording things. The, the story that's there about uh, he won't even let the sound engineer sit in the room. No, <laughs> so he's starting to go like, "Can you leave, please? Mm-hmm. Please exit so I can sing." Yeah. We are the world. <laughs> what we talked about, Bob Dylan with his face. Yeah. Prince was meant to be on it, but no. only if he was able to record his his verse or his portion of the song on his own. On his <laughs> and they were like, we can't do that, Prince. They went, well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Dylan asked for the same thing when he was like told them, well, fuck it, this is what I'm going to do. So he just got white and stood there, not knowing any word. Um, and that was a weird link as well. I've seen that because people were so... Uh, what would you call it? So into his music and how he, how he recorded the music that uh, the microphone... Mm-hmm. Um, the Sennheiser four 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 one dynamic microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, partly introduced to him by Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. I and did read something about that, but I didn't know where. I don't know how the link. Obviously, they must be know each other through something. But um, it's it's amazing then that that muso to muso. Mm-hmm. This was recommended to him, and then he never broke away from it. They used it from then on. So when he found something to suit his voice, no, because that's the other thing about his voice. He can go from real low octave. To fuck it must be he's definitely two octaves above I don't know if he's going to the third mm-hmm. one but he's definitely two above he can go to some high pitch fals- oh, falsetto I think it's in, a, in a fucking one. heartbeat too um, but don't forget as well this album this album was coming out when Prince was on not not on a downward slide in any way at all he was still selling albums and he was selling out arenas and he was still Prince he was massive yeah but you too and Madonna and yeah, Michael Jackson year, and yeah. George Michael, they were all on his fucking ass. Well, like. Joshua Tree and Bad were the two big albums mm-hmm. of '87. Um, and then you had Whitney Houston coming in too. Yeah, they're the whole all there. Like pop thing. Yeah. And what does he do? Releases an experimental <laughs> double album with barely any single songs. 
just well as fucking that's <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the prince you know what I mean says, well that, that's what I'm saying so I mean it, I don't know what you know it it took the likes of the music and the the approach to songwriting that Stevie Wonder might have had uh, via James Brown to get mm-hmm. to you know where Prince via ended up Parliament Funkadelic yeah that, that's a George he, Clinton he just went through it all man yeah. he just Drank he and added like, all up. I'm sure he just sort of like he absorbed the whole fucking <laughs> thing. He just took it in, and once he heard it, that was it. He, he was the way. Um, you've got then so the the the, the sort of the rest after saying the times, um, uh, the tracks like so. You, I mean, what an opener! That's how it opens up, and that's where you're but hitting with the crack. And not only the, the, like that as an opener, that's clearly the highlight of the album. You think, yeah, because you you you've got hit with it first. And I remember, I don't know if you remember but when you were a kid, like we've talked about before briefly, you go straight to the singles. That's always been the way, yeah. And you sort of hop straight over, you know, any of the other sort of fillers because they're only fillers because you haven't heard it or seen the video for it and all that sort of palaver. Yeah, and and, and especially if the if the the, the 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 single of the of the album is the title of the album, mm-hmm. which in this case it is, you, yep. you you automatically went to that. But as you say, you kind of thought then that was it over, but no. I mean, it just continues to get I will it's better it, it, the, the second song always stood out for me because it sounds like he's aiming to do um let's go crazy again yeah playing the sunshine's very yeah you can see that yeah. In the sun- yeah. and you're just flat out and you're like <laughs> fucking AIDS and war and all a minute ago and <laughs> space satellites falling out of the sky and now it's playing the sunshine all right but then you start getting the idea this isn't a concept album there's no thread to this yeah, this is just it's all just a, a big experiment. It's literally a guy who loves music and just wants to just have a fun with mm-hmm. it and, and, and is confident enough in his own ego or capabilities, whatever you want to call it, confident enough to go, this is going to be great. Yeah. Where most other people will go, oh, I don't know, I, don't know, I shouldn't mix an album up all different genres and want to be commercially successful. He, didn't, he never gave a fuck about any of that no. stuff. No. Nothing. Uh, even how shit maybe his... Movie career or whatever it might have been, he, he never veered away from what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I said, we, we will, we'll come on to that later, but he fucking never veers away from what he wants no, to do. He, when never, he, wants to do. he doesn't, doesn't seem to have any sort of... Well, like Kevin Smith said, Prince has been living in Prince World for a long time. Yeah. So nobody's ever told him not to do no, something. No, and I think we, we... Well, I think we did... did we briefly talk about we this briefly before, talked yeah, about Prince. And, and Prince and, and the Kevin Smith thing, but... Which is uh, a fucking amazing story, and it's up there with... Charlie Murphy's stories about Prince. Yeah. It's it's just a great story and it doesn't and I think Prince took it pretty badly. Um and he, he I think he sort of took it as a bit of a slight that Kevin Smith, this fucking nobody <laughs> who he asked with fairness, you know, yeah. he asked to come and do a documentary on him and shoot a concert and help out with all this. And then he goes on one of his like live shows and starts slagging fucking Prince. I know. But he also says how much he adores Prince. Yeah, oh, he says that, he makes it clear, but he just realizes it's very, very hard to work with. Very but hard it's not, hard, like, I'm going to say hard to work because I'm making him sound like a diva. He's fucking weird. He's weird. He's <laughs> like sitting in another room watching him carry out a focus group on what the, these people thought in the album and Prince mm-hmm. is behind a fucking two-way mirror watching. Yep. You're going, oh, you're a wee bit obsessive. Yeah. But then again, it's back to the thing we talked about before. Do you not have to be that obsessive and eccentric to be a genius? Well, it, it does have you know, a portion it, of it. Does it come like uh, uh, hand in hand? You couldn't be one without the other. Well, they said that he used to write songs in the toilet, and people right. would go, "Well, I know loads of people that would hum a tune and figure out a different like pattern or a melody on the toilet." And they were mm. like, "No, no, no! He recorded it on the toilet. <laughs> he would have the idea and then ring his engineer at half four in the morning. He would have to then come around and set everything up. 
So he was wired for sound in the toilet. Just and he'd record this. a fucking song in the bog. Like. <laughs> let me get this final wipe. But it wouldn't uh, be the full... It would just be him with an acoustic guitar or something, giving it the... Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and that was it. And that's, that's, and that's all song. I needed sometimes, that's, yeah. Sometimes that's all I fucking needed. Yeah. Uh, so we we'll move on. we got Housequake then. Yeah. That's <laughs> fucking... <laughs> this is where you hit funk. <laughs> the funk really picks funk up. Funk in its it. absolute... Uh, Housequake is one of my favourite lyrics about the cops. I can't right. fucking remember. <laughs> what was it that goes... And because uh, again, it, it's a lot. Of, I don't know if it. Sometimes it sounds on the album that it's 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 bass heavy, but then you're wondering, is that bass synthesizer? Mm. Do you know the, the type of sound he's producing? Is I know, it, I know it, what you mean. It, it could be easily confused to be in a keyboard, but that, it actually is a bass. But so even in '87, the sound effects has been used. Then um, that isn't you know it's normally just a sampler or uh, mm. like what the hip hop guys were doing, but just looping things over and over again. He was taking it to the next level of changing well, the sound of how the instruments were working yeah, for him yeah, to bring yeah. them all together. But that's why uh, I remember watching a recent interview um, with with them, but it's like a Good Morning America sort of thing. Uh-huh. And they were like, "What do you think of modern artists like Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga?" And he's like, "Well, I don't want to talk out of turn about anyone because they're not really in my. <laughs> I write music." <laughs> and he's, you're like. You just slagged them more than you just actually <laughs> went. I don't want to talk about them, and then assassinated everyone. The fucking room, fucking like. roundhouse, fucking kick, <laughs> knockout <laughs> kick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the issue. It's kind of like a, a, a Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits type. Of, you know, like how do you come down to the level? <laughs> you know what I mean? How, if you're at a certain level and you're you're you know within yourself, and then you also your fans know that like you're one of the best. Mm-hmm. How do you look at a Bieber or, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can't exactly. fucking do it. You know, There's footage online of Kim, Kim Kardashian being asked up on the stage by someone in his backing group in the last 10 years, right. last 15 years anyway, and uh, she gets up on the stage, she's just standing there being Kim Kardashian, he goes, get off my fucking stage. <laughs> now he's like, everything he does and he's says just, is right. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's never wrong. Never wrong. Uh, I mean, so this, this well, this album, as we're talking about, we've got the Housequake there, but this album Housequake, actually, I've got the lyric, I remember right. the fucking lyric. It's about... Uh, Come on, y'all. We got the jam before the police come. A groove this funky is on the run. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, in the song, he does he breaks it up a bit better. But I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah. A groove this a funky, groove is, funky on is on the run. I was <laughs> quick. And then he keeps going, did you ever hear about the quake? And then the back and singers go, yeah. And he goes, bullshit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Prince. Uh, but again, I mean, this was a, this is the other thing we should have pointed out at the very start. This is his first album away from from the revolution. From the revolution, so mm-hmm. Prince and Revolution would have been the, the sort of the backing band as such. Yeah, they I don't were, know the story behind what what happened or why the revolution. He was married. Why the revolution no longer televised? He was married to the bass player's twin sister. Was getting married, and the getting relationship. The bass player's twin sister. Right. Okay. He was a female. Yeah, because Prince Prince was his twin sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought when you said it, I was like, did I make it out like it was a man? <laughs> no, I was trying to work out the, the, the link. So the, they were splitting up, um, and there was a bit of animosity in the relationship, and it was bringing animosity to the band, and I right. think some of the band wanted a wee bit more key. Oh, yeah. So Prince says, fuck it, we'll stop the revolution. And he didn't actually intend on getting another band, but then this band sort of fell in his lap, which yeah. includes some fucking extraordinary players. I think the keyboard player stayed from the revolution right. into the next formation of the band. Now, they weren't the new power generation yet. There's like the stopgap in between. Yeah. And then... Uh, they but they went, had Sheila E, who we're going to talk about. Sh- in a we're going to talk about Sheila E. But then they went on to... What did the revolution go on to do then? 
The Revolution, uh, did they form a band after that then? I think they did. Were they just called the Revolution? Maybe they just might have been the Revolution. Um, so, yeah, so we get to uh, the Ballad of Dorothy Parker. Is the next mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Well, Ballad of Dorothy Parker, again, he plays the part. He plays the part of a telephone himself and Dorothy Parker doing something. <laughs> if I remember correctly. He's a fucking great guy. Why, like. why would you not? Why would you not? He, he just like... Uh, but, I mean, this is... Uh, I think this is, this is one of the songs where you really got to sort of see the... Um, yeah, you really get to hear the falsetto as well, and like there's a whole sort of that feel of them. Um, so we, I mean, it, I don't know how to describe him sometimes when he gets it because he he, well, he, we, can, he can bring the love. He can bring the love. Now we get we get to certain points. We've got housequake out of the way. Yeah. Um. You, you know we've got our like happy go lucky. It's a pretty. It's a very good song. Playing the sunshine's very very upbeat. Um, Starfish and Coffee is a strange song, mm-hmm. but then Slow Love Land, Slow Love, and you're hitting the slow, slow jams, and that Slow Love, we don't want to play. Have you got Slow Love there? Yeah, I can. Fuck up, we'll play Slow Love. Play Slow Love. Play Slow Love. I know play, there's gonna be a lot of romance in this episode. Here, a lot of romance. Um, Ronald's gonna be touching me and stuff. Young is the night. <laughs> hey baby, what's up? Take your pennies off, baby. <laughs> now, if I don't hear reports of some of you hers getting <laughs> deep down and dirty to some slow love Let me tell you in something. the next seven days, there's going to be a fucking There's right. about four songs in this album that if you aren't writing the woman to, or man, <laughs> something fucking wrong with you. Because let me tell you something, Prince loved being an old mad bastard, but he loved nothing more oh, than bucking. He loved the bucking. He, and wanking. He, there's a few songs about wanks. He was a bank. He was. He was banked down wank. He was a banking bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he, this is a weird thing now. That's just because we're talking about Prince and sex. Mm. I I didn't realize. That <laughs> Did you hear my chair? And I'll move. That, mm. that was your chair. That wasn't. <laughs> that was moving there. I didn't realize that uh, because we would have heard the 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 urban myth mm-hmm. that Prince had tried to. Remove fellatio yep. upon himself, mm-hmm. and tried to had removed the rib in order for him to reach. Yeah, which again, every man was going. Can oh, you do that? What can you do that? No, even I'm a bit bigger, so I thought I might have to take out three. But three I, just, ribs. <laughs> I also <laughs> was told by a boy in Mulletmore Park when I was about nine. But sure, he's got that big wanger on him, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning. Many yeah, things. Yes. But we'll not get into that. I, but <laughs> I was like, maybe it is just because he's a big wanger. Don't even bother Rob's boys. Cancel the appointment. <laughs> but what I mean, what I'm, why I'm bringing it up is it shows you just how uh, time can change things. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to a younger comedian talking about different things. And when they were growing up, it was Marilyn Manson. I'd heard that shit too. I also heard Marilyn Manson was the cub in, uh, in Wonder Years. Wonder yeah. Years. But, but that was a new thing. That was a new uh, uh, urban myth or it was lying away but it was false but the fact that the exact same story mm. had been applied from Prince and then moved on to Marilyn Manson yeah so I'm just trying to think of people did they use like the most basics of physics and went well the shortest guy 
should be able to get there. Uh-huh. And then it would, no, he can't get there. So the tallest, skinniest guy mm-hmm. must be able to get there. Because <laughs> there's quite a height difference between the two boys. <laughs> but but he's white. So according to Malik Moore logic. Oh, that's what matter. Wouldn't work. Wouldn't matter. It could be fucking nine foot tall. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't work. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> the prince and his... Uh, his uh, Urban, magic Wang. Ur- Urban Myth Wang. Um, <laughs> but again, he, he's so into uh, the sensual side. Of it. Yeah. Even that word, sensual. I'm I'm big into Prince's love love he's, tunes. He's he's got that sort of. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a of a modern day version, and there isn't really. I mean, Usher well, like tried D'Angelo to be that sort of and thing Usher and, and you know uh, all these type of boys. They were they're very much, but all of them are just. But they were all like copies. Like? Yeah, they were copies, and they were manufactured songs in the sense mm-hmm. that they were buying off songwriters, and there was nothing. So even Jackson did do writing his own songs as such, but it still didn't hit. Because again, we're talking about instruments and that, so I think that's why Prince stands alone. But in the R and B world, I mean, yeah, of you know, course. In the R and B world, there's nobody I think did all the things that he did. No, 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 not. There's no way no. that there's a fucking nineteen eight, late eighties R and B love album that has Housequake and fucking Sign <laughs> yeah. of the Times. No way. And songs like The Cross. Yeah. And no. Uh, so yeah, so we're going and we're moving on to uh, we had it because this is the other thing. This is a double album, so this would have been um, four. Sides, four sides, even yeah. vinyl, so vinyl, so the four, so and then the double tapes, and the double tapes, and stuff cassette and the tapes, she nineties, <laughs> uh, so it and starfish and coffee, which was a another, yeah, it's a weird wee one, pretty weird one, um, and then we, as I say, we had slow love, slow love, see the two songs in a row, slow love and hot thing, you're like, oh Jesus, I know. And Starfish and Coffee is like a nursery rhyme, so you're just sort of going, there's just all the fucking elements are thrown in here. Like. <laughs> he really is. To the point you're like, wonder what he was on in the 80s. Yeah. Well, they say that a lot, like a lot of the songs, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the songs are on this album are songs that he's just pulled from vaults. Mm. Not only of albums that he was just shelved in the last year, but stuff that he was working on since the early 80s. That yeah. he went, that might work here, you know. Yeah, he seems to have that knack. I mean, if you listen to Kevin Smith's story as well, he seems to have that knack of compiling a lot of stuff and then going, hmm, I'll take that for this, I'll take that for You know, he was able to go and reach in where most people are away trying to find themselves for two years to come up with an album. Mm-hmm. He's just <laughs> hooking through albums to go, yeah. which one will it, will it release? The girl, so much stuff done. That, like that assistant girl said that he has enough in the vault That's right. to make an album a year for 100 years after his death. <laughs> for 100 fu- And what they've done is they haven't even done that. There's only been, they've done uh, legacy reissues of albums. Yeah, yeah. They did the originals one. Uh-huh. There's a fucking amazing Revolution live album. Right, okay. From the, the early to mid 80s. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic. And it's up on Spotify as well. Right. And then they had the, uh, what do you call it? The, do, 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 I can't remember the name of it now. The remaster? Uh, the original of. Nothing compared to you. Yeah, but that, that's what I said. On yeah, the originals. On the originals, yeah. Prince originals. But, I mean, that, when that came out, then it, I actually remember playing it on, it was only a couple of years ago, two years ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I remember playing it on the way home from somewhere. a couple of people in the car, and I put it on. They were like, who's singing that? Turn that off. That's terrible. That's ruining the original. I was like, oh, fucking Jesus. Who's it? Was it your, was it your daughter? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think it might have been my wife. Oh. Um, but yeah, it just shows you how a version mm-hmm. is beloved. Yeah. Regardless of who actually, you know, so the Sinead O'Connor version is the version that everybody knows, and that's the one. So whenever they heard this version, they're like, oh, who's doing that? That's ruining the whole. 
You're like, that's fucking Prince, the guy who no, wrote the song. <laughs> I prefer, of the of the originals that are on that album, of the, especially like Shaka Khan, I Feel For You, uh-huh. is a fucking amazing pop song. Yeah. And it's all electro, and Shaka Khan's a fucking angel, like, and you just listen to it, and then you hear Prince's demo version, which is just him on a toilet <laughs> with an acoustic guitar. <laughs> and he's got a recorder. It sounds like he's sitting on a fucking creaky chair like mine, and it's better. Yeah. that's. F- and he doesn't even cover the full song. He just no. does all the melodies and... And the same with nothing compares to you. I mean, he just adds That's in he, he adds in that production value too. Because that's the other thing you need to fucking remember too. We're talking about musician. We're talking about songwriter. He's a fucking amazing producer. He was handing these songs <laughs> fully formed fully to people. Fully formed. Like, he didn't, you know, you don't, that's what I'm saying. That's when you're at the level of uh, almost savant level of genius mm-hmm. whenever you're able to take on all those jobs and then do it so fucking well. Yep. Like each job is done perfectly. The singing, the performance, the playing, the writing all done and then producing on top of it so uh, and then the live shows tend too because you've got that enigma of you know he's such a fucking uh, he's so eccentric and so cool as fuck it's wild cool, even man. when it comes to inter- uh, uh, even when it comes to just talking we, I'll, I'll play a clip I have a clip here somewhere of um, this is 1999 what so have you got here Connor it was the Yahoo Internet Life Awards what? So this is him talking at the internet awards because the internet was big then, but running back in 1999, people didn't know what to do with it. So Wait, they, is that when you get the disc in the post? <laughs> disc in the post <laughs> to install it. To install it. And uh, this is when, <clears throat> you know, um, they thought the internet was going to change the world. But uh, Prince, fucking, he may have been on the ball. Hmm. So, um, one thing I wanted to say is um, take a time, Prince. Don't, don't be fooled by the internet. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool to get on the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the Matrix. <laughs> That was the same Y'all year. saw the Matrix. <laughs> that was the same year the Matrix was out. Um, but even the cool never loved <laughs> just, just... Just that he would freak out about the, yeah. the Matrix. <laughs> Think about computers. But even the confidence of just the opening line and then not speaking. Yeah. Just letting the side... Like, any comedian would know that's the fucking danger time. Mm-hmm. That's when the heckles are... You know, that's when you're leaving yourself wide open. He didn't give a fuck. It's Prince. It's Prince. Because he can do whatever he wants. But yeah, standing at the Yahoo Internet Awards... Warning people about the internet. It's, <laughs> uh, he's just one of the. He, he, didn't he hand out uh, one of the best picture or best uh, score Oscars? And it was oh, to. Yeah. The, there was the four nominees, and it was to. Um, w- one of them was a foreign film, and they didn't let him play live because it right. wasn't a popular song. Yeah. So Prince read out the name, and he goes, he said the name, and the guy got up, and the guy like went to shake Prince's hand, and it was all nervous, and then he bowed in front of him, and Prince whispered in his ear, sing your song. And the boy just sings the first two lines of the, his, his Oscar nominated <laughs> song. And then he thanks a few family members and fucks off. Prince is down there like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and he did. Because I fucking did do that. I'm Prince motherfucker. Uh, well, yeah, that's what and and, and 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 I mean, the good thing about it is his respect level mm. grew. I know sometimes artists might fade out of it and he never lost that. He didn't now become quite... Uh, in your face and and touring as such and all yeah. that sort of thing, but he he actually gained maybe more respect as time went on, because then you got the younger ones coming up and the younger R and B ones who were all like, oh well, who were your influences? They're like, oh Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince was my, yeah, you know, I, so like, so like the younger fans now are going, 
was just Guy Prince, so the, you know. So um, the legacy that he kept with him is, is, was fired on. But this, this is all down to the likes of the eighties output. Mm-hmm. That's, oh yeah, the, you know, that, that's his legacy. That, in the sense that, that eighty-two to eighty-seven yeah. has absolutely like if you go on his best of, most maybe of from, four yeah. past mm-hmm. eighty-eight. Maybe yeah, everything's it. Yeah, everything's fucking previous, but for a reason. But that's not to say them songs weren't good. Like fucking Diamond and Pearls and on Get Off and My Name Is Prince. They're fucking lethal songs. <laughs> My name is Prince and I am funky. Uh, Was that after the whole symbol thing? Do we do we talk about the symbol thing? Well, we have. Well, <clears throat> we've assembled the the. So anybody's left that doesn't know the symbol scenario, we have a, a very Oma uh, big connection too to the whole. Uh, 90s mm. Ferrari around uh, corporate slavery. Lay it on me. So, Prince uh, uh, we had, an, had a, a disagreement, shall we say, with Warner Brothers, um, who, I can't remember what it was about, the master tapes, or was it about their, their contract or whatever it was. More than likely a contract. Yeah. Going by how many of the boys of his caliber in that area yeah. fought record companies. Yeah. So the record company basically were doing them and, and he didn't like it, so... He was contracted to continue to uh, perform as Prince and was told then that he couldn't perform as anything else because they owned the name Prince. He's such a cute fucker. <laughs> so rather than being owned anything else, uh, Prince became a symbol. Mm-hmm. I don't mean a symbol for something. I mean a symbol. He drew a symbol. <laughs> he drew a symbol and that was him symbol. He then allowed people to, because sometimes it would it would be appear with slave written underneath it, mm-hmm. as in he was a slave to the record label, and uh, yeah, I mean it. <laughs> I remember there being some extremely awkward interviews around that. Really period. awkward, and do you know as well. Uh, I always uh, remember Taff Cap. Do you remember Taff Cap? Do you remember? No, no. Um, I just remember thinking this is fucking mental, because mm-hmm. Taff Cap was what the paper shortened down the artist formerly known as Prince. Oh, yes. <laughs> like... The but artist he, formerly known I as Prince. I was just about to say to you, there was, an, there was a guy who worked for Entertainment Tonight. He worked for a few magazines. He says he remembers all this happening. Mm-hmm. And a sampler for an album. Prince is basically, as well, the first person to sell music on the internet. Yeah, And make a right, fortune. Yeah, yeah. And he completely superseded the record industry. Yeah. Um, so he... They, they were sending samplers, but the sampler also contained a floppy disk, ladies and gentlemen. Which is a floppy? That had what was called a glyph, which right. was a previous, a, a former version of, basically it had the symbol in it that you could use it in your text. Oh, so you right, could okay. put it into your, your newspaper article or your magazine or your whatever. Yeah. But what happened was people didn't know what the fuck it meant. <laughs> so they just freaked out. And then what you said is what ended up happening. Yeah. Taff cap, taff cap. <laughs> At least about the dots in between, like T A F K A P. I remember Chris Rock interviewing him, right? And he said something to him about uh, his rivalry with Michael Jackson and who his peers are and who who did he look up to. Basically, if somebody released an album, who's the one that made him run into the studio to get on his next album? Right. Okay. And he says, "No one. I don't have any peers. <laughs> I have no peers." <laughs> no. And he was right. Yes, right. But basically, Chris Rock in that interview also said, um, "He said, so I'm saying to you, Prince." And he went, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> and Prince goes, "No, it's okay." But now we're grand because my name is Prince. <laughs> my name is Prince. But this is before all that. This is eighty seven. Yeah. So this is eighty seven. So we got. I mean, we're on to you. Got to look, uh, which will lead us on to Sheena E. But so you got to look again. Another, another blinder. Yeah. Just pure love. Baby. I love a song. 
bad fucker of a song. Like, it's just fucking... What'd you say? Who's that, Jeff? Getting funky. Here. <laughs> Have you ever seen Ro Funky? You should see Ro Funky. It's funky. Was, it's yeah, fun, no, funky this is fucking. Uh, <laughs> this is not the introduction. She plays on a few other songs, but this is Sheila E playing uh, percussion and drums. Yeah, well, she has, she is the one speaking. The, no, it's Sheena Easton. Oh, sorry, Sheena Easton. Yeah. So, uh, um, oh, she might be the one like whispering at the start, or yes. maybe there was another background vocalist. It's, I can't remember. It's her uncredited name. vocals to Sheena Easton. Right. Yeah, so, so it is Sheena Easton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Sheena Easton's the one that actually sings. The chorus. Right, yeah. So Sheila E does the whispering at the start then, maybe? Right, okay. Uh, Sheila E. Sheila E was a well-respected, like, billboard artist. Yeah, oh yeah. And Prince had wrote a lot of songs for her. She wrote her own songs. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of pop stuff. She was, like, the daughter of some big, heavy jazz musician. Right. Um, And he says, here, the revolution uh, have left me, and I'm going on tour now with this new double album. Do you want to play drums? (laughs) She was like, I. (laughs) She... She played double fucking kick drum, big fat ass, big metal drums. The drums right. that are on the front cover, saying the times, is her drum kit. Right. And she kicks the living shit out of it. Fuck. And then she gets up with a kit, and she's like this most graceful fuck, and she can sing, and she can dance, and then she's playing this percussion in the front of the stage, you know, and you're going, she leaves the shit. <laughs> why, <laughs> why hasn't she leaving been about for... I know, I remember seeing her about it, and she was so... Oh, man, she's... Yeah. 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 That was that. Uh, <laughs> but Sheena Easton then was involved. Sheena um, Easton sings the, the chorus so she and the was, back and forth with him on You Got the Look. So she sort Didn't of, she sing on a Kenny Rogers song? Uh I'm I was I was looking to see I mean she's she's British American, which I, I didn't realise that she's Scottish. Was, she's, uh, she's Scottish born, but I thought she was I thought she was pure American, I didn't realise that. Um I know, I'm gonna look us up because there's definitely like a big fuck off Kenny Rogers song. Is it she, nine to five? She's got yeah, she's in there with uh, nine to five, retitled "Morning Train" nine to five. Um, but I don't think that's Dolly Parton nine to five, obviously. Um, we got tonight. That's the one. You see, I always thought that was Bob Seger. It is Bob Seger. Oh, so they covered Bob Seger. That's a good oh, that's idea. okay. Thank fuck. I thought Jesus Christ, they just stole Bob Seger's "We Got Tonight." I'm gonna break my heart. <laughs> uh, Not Bob Seger. <laughs> Not Bobby Seeks. Uh, so I mean, you, you when you get to this, I'm she, like Sheena Easton. I don't know why, <coughs> why I don't know why she was involved or, or or why she came along. I think she did a lot she of duets had. on a lot of big songs, and she was a pretty pure, clear voice. And I think she was in the recordings studio somewhere. Across, I remember right. reading that somewhere. But she wasn't going out with him or anything. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Was there something going on? Sheila E. Sheila E. And now she we go back to why Sheena, Sheena E. and Sheila E. Why the revolution <laughs> broke up? Yes, okay. Because apparently he was footing with Sheila. E. Oh, Jesus, Prince. And then Princess. the woman's like, what, why is she around the house? Look at her. The big long legs and all playing drums. <laughs> her singing and dancing all around you. You, you wee fucker, you. And then he goes out, next track, If I Was Your Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so that's from the point, the perspective of Camille again. Yeah. So, so he's, he's singing. He's in character. So again, it's kind of, you know, um, he wasn't obviously the first to do it. Bowie was quite uh, prolific mm-hmm. in, in doing his uh, characters within it. But yeah, so Camille, I don't... I don't think Bowie properly did the tr- the the dressing the transgender dressing no. uh, character. Everything has a sort of space element, and even the 
Lou Reed sort of did mm-hmm. bits and pieces, but no, he was like this. They did the they did the maybe the the look change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The androgynous he, yeah, sort of. He he went the full wag. He went the voice. The full, he went you know, the, full, the, the full falsetto, like singing, the pitch like, yeah. up and um, falsetto running. Falsetto. Yeah. Oh, I think he actually did pitch it up. Um, <laughs> but even Housequake is in Camille's voice. So yeah, it's yeah, like so it's so on yeah. every variant. It isn't just done on love songs. It isn't just done on. It's yeah. done on a fucking funk anthem about funking up the house. And like uh, I know Bono did that for a period of time. He went that sort of falsetto route in the early nineties, which was definitely a, a, a copy of Prince kind More of like style. That that style, um, and he would drift in and out from different tunes. The other, I don't think too many were able to do. It. Jackson always was high voiced anyway, yeah. in that sense. You know, but I think Prince was the proper one who could. Is it Diamonds and Pearls later on where he, he does the and it's the stars mm-hmm. and then he also was fucking yeah. like two octaves above you know so his range was unbelievable which as a vocalist is I don't think anybody's done it since no yeah. um he he does he does have a very distinct uh, it's kind of hard to because he's better live which is fucking incredible yeah no yeah and any live concert I've ever watched and I'm not talking about. You're live, guys, now. <laughs> There's a documentary about some modern hip-hop fool on Netflix, and I had the missed opportunity of watching it two weeks ago, and I just laughed. He dies, but I laughed the whole way through it. <laughs> he dies, you laugh and the it, It's like he goes on stage and plays for 45 minutes and laughs about going, blah, 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 blah. And then there's like a slow battle bit where he's like, I don't know anything. And I was like, Brian. Prince is up there with about nine people on the stage. He's dancing, playing the guitar back to front. He's lying on his back, dancing about, playing the guitar. He's on his fucking hands while trying to play the guitar with his ass. A big man for double double, double guitars too at one point, didn't he? I think there was a few there around, a few the, doubles, uh, around love the love symbol album and uh, stuff like that. Um, That's where that guitar came out of. <laughs> fucking love symbol, man. Uh, so yes, our local link then was in the early early 90s when the whole slave thing was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and Ronan, for instance, will be heading to school. Yes. And graffiti appeared in the town of Oma. Graffiti in the wall? Graffiti on the wall. What Usually that's different sort of graffiti. There's fucking trouble written in the wall, boys. What was it, Car? It was... Tell him. A symbol. A love? A fucking symbol. Was a big word underneath it. Slave. <laughs> so, we had... In Oma, we had... <laughs> so some, many questions about that symbol. <laughs> so, uh, basically, a guerrilla-style attack... Um, in the middle of the night to educate the people of Oma on the symbol. Mm-hmm. Word. And the word slave underneath it. Word. Now, later years... Mm-hmm. Now, the, th- the thing is, the, the, the local police uh, service at the time launched an investigation and... Uh, <laughs> Did they really? And we we didn't... We didn't doubt. We knew who it was. <laughs> But it's only in, you know yourself, whenever they declassify documents, uh, yes. it has now come yes. out that the, We're they, at that period. they may be relatives of a certain Bondi who was a guest on this podcast. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Now, they will deny all charges at all times. Okay. Now, they'll be denied it in court whilst they're wearing <laughs> a pink velour, <laughs> a purple velour fucking <laughs> tracksuit and carrying a purple uh, Prince ship guitar, but they will fucking deny it to the death. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a fuller <laughs> oh, We like our our mid Bondi. His cousins are the the, the <laughs> greatest, biggest Prince fans that Fucking I right. have ever seen. To yeah. the point, that's what I'm saying. This is the reason. The point of that story is they were so 
uh, idolize that they idolize him so much that he went out in the middle of the night and fucking painted his symbol all across a rural town in Tyrone. Mysteries um, abound tonight. <laughs> mysteries solved. Mysteries continue. Uh, if the PS9 are listening, it wasn't that, that, that's, that's all false. It's we never myth. said their name. It's There's an, loads of them. It's an urban myth. It was a. Uh, but I remember it, man. It was another boy's cousin. Every but, uh, time going to school, every time pulling in the Kevin video shop. Big slave. And I remember going, I remember me ma, me ma giving it the, is that the symbol that's on that? And my cousin Caroline was mm-hmm. was the one who introduced me to this album. Right. Now, I only found it this week. It was her album because I thought it was my other cousin, Joanne. Right. So there's a bit of a handling going on here at the moment. Oh, Jesus, scene. family row. But I remember the seeing the symbol on another album and it was the Love Symbol album. And I was like right. 10 or 11. And it was sitting in their house. My ma said, is that the symbol from that Prince boy? And I was like, ma, you can't call me. <laughs> it's Taff Because that's, that's what they said to me. It's Taff Cap. It's Taff Cap. The artist for me knows Prince. So yeah, Oma had his own very uh, unique um, journey within the Prince um, mythology. and uh, <laughs> Integral. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely think... Uh, I think you would drop the whole symbol thing if you no, fucking knew that the boys I, were painting them around Oma. Well, I'm, I I think you're you're being disingenuous there, Ronan. You know, I do believe that um, the reason... Don't. We're not calling him the artist formerly known as Prince. Okay. And the reason that we're back calling him Prince is because the guy is putting the symbols up on their own. Fuck. We're a collective conscious. That's what happened. I'm going to go with the purple blurred drumstick. <laughs> He's seen that and went, fuck this. I'm going back to Prince because I've seen these white fuckers who run about in them blurred drumstick. I'm going to freak the beans. Um... So yeah, I mean, you're you're at the point that like, I mean, it wasn't obviously it wasn't as widespread um, uh, idolization as you would get with Michael Jackson, for instance. Mm-hmm. But there was a certain type of person because they could appreciate, like we talked about, they could appreciate all the things to him, all the elements that he had, and again, hit using the fucking word so flippantly, but a genius, like an yeah, absolute yeah. genius. Thing. Yeah, yep. Um, so I mean, back to the album that we, you're into. If I as I say, if I was your girlfriend, by uh, uh, the the voice of Camille, mm-hmm. um, strange relationship. And yes. then I could never take the place of your man, which was another single. Yeah, and uh, again, so just as a statement mm-hmm. by itself, you know, Prince was at the dirt. He's at the dirt, but it's another real high end glossy that you find out he recorded all himself. Yeah, um, every fucking element of it is him again, and uh, think of the money you saved, and he directed all of it. Who's them? Yeah, no session musicians, no directors. The no. Spent nothing on nobody. <laughs> What a fucking smart move. He's doing the shit people are doing now. No, avoid mainstream, man. Just put it through MySpace or now Facebook or now this or now that. Yeah. He was doing 1987. <laughs> yeah, no wonder studios were coming down. Or recording well, that's, that's the studio thing. executives were laying down. We've had a fly back from Bermuda here. We're here and you're doing everything on your own and the cost is going to be relatively low because it's in your own studio. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we can't overly inflate any sort of budgets if you... Mm-hmm. If you produce it for 50 cents, we can't charge yeah. $25. And we hear right? you're going to pay for your own tour. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> Prince, you're fucking taking the fucking piss out of me here. What is it going to be? A triple album? No, Prince. No fucking way. It's going to... All right, double album. No bar. Okay, is that all? <laughs> Just the fucking... Ahead of the curve isn't even close. Well, that's what I'm saying. And... and uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only one to properly stand up to a record label, as big as Warner Brothers, like a big, like, an, like most people, like bands will fight with indie labels and small labels, mm. but to stand up to a, a Geffen or a, 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 an EMI or a fucking, you know, a, a Warner Brothers. 
well, was massive. Georgie Max give Sony a good kicking. Give him a kicking, but not as much as this. No, no. To he, the point he that took heat. St- he made them relevant. Yeah, irrelevant to, to the point that nearly thirty years on, we can still remember mm-hmm. it happening. Well, you know, Prince. it's yeah. I mean, a, a revolutionary in his time. Mm. But again, somebody needed to do something at that time with the. F- if you go back to like the, the ownership of masters and who owns the masters of any song and stuff, and especially I suppose you go back to the the likes of Ray Charles. Yep. He was the first one to fight for the first black man to get his own masters in that sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Prince obviously was following to make sure he wasn't going to be a slave. Like, yeah. yeah, of course. But the dirty record labels obviously were thinking differently. Um, These fucking white bastards. <laughs> fucking Again? Yamming. Uh, so we're on to the cross then, and it's going to be a beautiful night. The the cross is my favorite song on the album. Oh, is that your favorite? My favorite song on the album. Because it makes no sense. <laughs> it's sort of like a slow guitar song that's got like a gospel sort of vibe to it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it goes balls out. It does go even mental. And yeah. again, it's another one where he recorded it all on his own on a Sunday. Right. Just in the afternoon on a Sunday. Apparently all his slow songs are his more sort of introverted, sort of thinking about things happened on a Sunday. Right, okay. And his engineer had it be on 24-7 call. <laughs> but Sundays she knew you should just turn up the studio. He's going to be there waiting. It's, right. And the cross, the, Lord, the Lord's Day, of course. And of course, the cross is about the Lord. Oh, it's exclusively a, about yeah, the Lord. Sure, sure. He loves the and Lord. the second coming of the Lord. He loves the Lord, and the Lord loves him. And he's got a wee cross on the sign of the Times concert film. He's got a wee cross in his wee face. He's a wee and he's giving it the all right there, Jesus. <laughs> and everybody's going, "Hold on, Prince, why are you here?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm just chatting about crosses." <laughs> and then Jesus, I'm not giving you any shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love Jesus and writing. I fucking love Jesus and writing. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I love Jesus, mate. Not oh, also on the cross, I forgot this one. He played the drums on them, but it speeds up because he never used metronome and he just kept it. <laughs> right. It's just in there. And you can clearly hear, is that faster? And even live, I was w- w- I was watching the concert film at the weekend and live, the, the concert film... Sheila he's playing the drums obviously because Prince is singing and playing guitar in the song but Sheila yeah. starts to sort of speed up and I was going what? is that <laughs> Sheila she's speeding up but then I was looking up the song and it deliberately speeds up right which is a bit yeah odd that's a bit strange uh, okay so uh, we're coming to the end then where we have uh, what's going to be a beautiful night is live it's a live version of and Sheila E raps on it oh yes she raps it was recorded in Paris um, and she raps on it, but it's recorded after. But then we get to the tail end of the album and Adore. Uh-huh. Adore now isn't one of Prince's most famous songs. Yeah. But amongst Prince purists, especially the likes of Questlove, mm-hmm. they say it's his best love song. Right. Okay. And the best love song ever written. Ooh. So this is a little, little bit of Adore. Oh, oh boys! Oh dear! Oh, Who can feel that? There? Oh boys! So you can pretty you can tell where this one's going like this is going if, if you're not dancing on wine by friday night clicking the fingers at the woman or man what's the point in this podcast 
Here, woman. Here, I give you a wee fucking butter. Prince is on. Come on over here and feel my But it's a great song. It's a great love song. It's a great recorded song. It's a fantastic album. It's, without a shadow of a doubt, his best album. Yeah. Because at this point, he didn't have to do this. He wrote You Got the Look, the only song in this album that he deliberately wrote as a single. And it went to number one. Yeah, that's So right. he could have deliberately done that 16 times. <laughs> yeah. But he just didn't. Yeah. He wanted to write and record whatever album he fucking wanted to. There was no thread to it. There was no Purple Rain sort of followed the film. Nothing. Yeah, it just was balls out sort of just balls out. Here's what I can do. Well, here here's a bit of praise oh, for Sign of the Times. Prince Scholar. Get that one down your gullet. <laughs> oh, ben Greenman observes the spooky political R&B full-throated psychedelic pop bone-rattlingly skeletal funk and pocket soul so gentle and nuanced you could almost call it folk. Oh. And the village voice, Robin Christgau, Said the album is not a form of breakthrough, but rather the most gifted pop musician of his generation, proving what a motherfucker he is for two discs. It makes Stevie Wonder sound like a struggling ventriloquist. Oh, <laughs> fuck! But this one, uh, this one takes the cake. Writing for Rolling Stone, Michelangelo Meadows said it is the most complete example of Prince's artistic breadth, arguably the best album of the eighties. Oh, well, well, Jesus! Mic there drop. That is that is the fucking mic drop there. So oh, hold on, Kim Bessinger. Oh yes, give so, us a bit of Kim. So, Prince was going with Kim Basinger after all this whole handling with a woman and she lay and her fucking twin and all that crack. So uh, there's an album, there's a song on the Batman soundtrack called Scandalous. Mm-hmm. He releases a mini album after the Batman soundtrack called Scandalous. Yeah. And it has the Scandalous sex suite on it. Right. Which has sounds of Kim Basinger having an orgasm. Okay. Did you ever hear that? No, I'm going to fucking hear it tonight. You're fucking right. <laughs> I order 80 bucks. <laughs> Bring her around to Dodge. <laughs> We're going to put her in the bike figure. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. The greatest album of uh, the 80s, according to the Rolling Stones. So, I mean, uh, if there's, there's never been more uh, reason to go and listen to an album than, no. than that. No, no. So, yeah, if you get a chance, go and uh, listen to Sign of the Times. And uh, as always, uh, let us know how you get on. Let us know what you think. If you haven't listened to it before, let us, uh, you know. Yeah, give us a wee. One last thing before we go. We would a feedback. What? Michael Jackson's bad. Prince was meant to duet on it. Uh-huh. But when he heard the lyrics, the first lyric is, your butt is mine. Uh-huh. Prince sent him back an email, or a, a letter at the time going, who's singing that to who? Because I'm not <laughs> singing to you, and sure as fuck you're not singing that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Prince well, knew. Prince knew the crack. Hold on to your own butt. Right. Um, as always, uh, go and take a look uh, on our uh, iTunes or Spotify or on Podbean. Mm-hmm. Give us a wee review. Um, let people know. Spread the word. And spread, spread the love. Good love and, uh, listen to more Prince songs. Listen to more Prince and the world will fucking change automatically. Yeah.